Welcome into Valhalla, guys and gals. It's going to be me and Mr. Mike Pipe this week. Our fearless leader, Trey Wynn, out doing a little trick-or-treating. Big Mike Pipe, how you doing, brother? Man, just living the dream over here. Not going to lie. I know, man. Uh, actually, I do want to make this comment before. No Romo, but I, <laughs> I, I, I'm scrolling through the gram the other day, and I see this beautiful head of hair. He and his wife, Mike Pipe, has these <laughs> flowing locks, and I'm just like, what a dreamboat. What an absolute dreamboat he is. This dude oh, absolutely crushing it. And I was like, wow, what a great head. I always forget how great a head of hair you have. So. Well, Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. No problem, buddy. Yeah, I'm here for you. I just want to give you that compliment. And then the people need to know how great your hair is. So if you're not checking out Big Mike Pipes Instagram, you're missing out. My ego's just it's it's growing. I can feel it. Minute. I can feel it actually second. coming through the headphones right now. <laughs> well, now that you got me hyped up, I feel like we gotta we gotta dig into some sports, man. I'm pretty pumped to talk about the South Carolina game. <sighs> Did you expect that? Did you expect Man. that beat down in the second half? <laughs> <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams would I have said, yeah, we're going to go in and we're just going to absolutely obliterate them. No. Um, wow. 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 It was amazing. I haven't felt that way after a UT game in a long time. I mean, the Mississippi State game was great, but shoo. Yeah, coming out of that game, we 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 thumped them, man. What what were you think? What what do you think coming out of that? I, I mean, I was kind of expecting if we were going to win, I had my doubts. It's just same. It's just because I'm a little pessimistic this year about coming out and beating a really good, a decent team. It's kind of hot, you know. Right. And I especially didn't see us anyway close to coming to scoring 41 points on a pretty solid South Carolina defense. I mean, right. that's what's won them games. Right. Because they're just – I mean, they're not producing these big numbers on offense. They've just held people. They've turned them over. Mm-hmm. And we throw up 41 points on them, and mainly just a second-half beatdown. And I was like, my right. gosh, never expected that, right? No. I mean, I re- one of the commentators said, when was the last time Tennessee just went in and beat down an SEC opponent? And I can't really recall a time where it was, A – what coming into this game looked to be a quality SEC opponent mm-hmm. coming off of a Georgia win and off really nearly beating a Florida team that's one of the top five, top you know, five teams in the country. So I, I yeah. think coming into this game, uh, I had my question marks. I was hoping that they would be a little banged up and a little worn down from the stretch that they've had. But man, yeah. Tennessee showed up in a big way, was super thrilled by the performance, felt like Jeremy Pruitt's got the program headed in the right direction with the last two out of the last three weeks being really big. And even, even the Alabama game, you know, left some room for optimism. So yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with the direction of how things are going right now. And I hope that we can, you know, continue and perpetuate the momentum that we've created for ourselves in these last few weeks. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on the rotation of quarterbacks? Like, I thought it was kind of funny that we actually started Jennings. Yeah. JG <laughs> made some really good throws. Shrout looked pretty solid. How'd you kind of feel about the rotation? Because ca- we, we talked about it, but we weren't sure that happened. Yeah. You know, so I was, I was happy with it, really. I think it made it hard for them to get comfortable and get familiar with what we were going to do offensively. Um, mm-hmm. A, they didn't really know who we were going to play coming to this game, so they weren't able to prepare or narrow down the game plan to one quarterback. And then you come out and the first snap of the game, you're playing Jawan Jennings. And then, like, I feel like they just had to be like, okay, shoot, what are we getting ourselves into? Um, and it, it didn't pay huge dividends in the first half. We we looked good offensively, but it looked like we were, you know, held in check to a certain degree. But, yeah. man, second half, um, made some plays defensive, or I guess on special teams and, and really just ran away with it with some deep balls and 
moved the ball exceptionally well. Um, felt like it was a great game plan by Jim Chaney. Uh, really, yeah. I feel like the last three games he's called have all been really good game plans. Um, I've been really impressed with what he's been able to put together offensively as well. So same here. I kind of I kind of feel like he's made it simpler. But you know, we talked about earlier on the year. I kind of felt like JG was being put in the spot that maybe he just wasn't comfortable enough in the fact that. It was a little difficult. The game plans weren't running smoothly, obviously. But then Maurer came in, and it seemed like the offense got simple. And mm-hmm. you're like, why didn't we do that for JG too? And then this week, it just everything just kind of clicked for everybody. And they, them playing that zone coverage to on Jennings just ate all game. Oh, that boy. If you don't <laughs> love it, if you didn't just absolutely love him before, this you have to love him now, right? Oh man! If he's not in your heart as one of your top five VFLs of all time, like I, especially for my generation, guys that have only exactly. been for the last twenty twenty five years, I mean, goodness gracious, the man leaves everything out on the field. Really leaves everything every single down. Like he's a guy. Yeah, he's never just going to run out of bounds and take the ten fifteen yard gain. He scraps, he fights, and he wants it more than anybody else on the field. And man, it makes me proud whenever I'm watching it. Man, I I love oh, Jawan Jennings. Uh, love it, dude. <laughs> Just real quick, I thought it was funny. I saw Khalil McKenzie tweet uh, after his performance this week. He's like, I can't wait till I come back to coach football camps and I'm coaching a bunch of white kids from Knoxville named Jawan. And <laughs> <laughs> I got a big kick out of that, man. I was just, I, and I mean, he might not be wrong. People were kind of commenting back, it's going to be Jennings, but you know, it, it, it'll yeah. be interesting, I think, to see. 10, 15 years from now, if Jawan or Jennings is one of the most popular names in East Tennessee. Cause oh, I, I won't be surprised if it's Jawan, Grant, Admiral, <laughs> you know, like all these kids. That's what their names are going to wind up being yeah. in like 15, 15 years or so. It's going to be awesome, oh, dude. yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> There's no – like the little – just watching this guy play on, on his – I think it was his first touchdown, the crossing route. It's so funny to watch like college – secondary players try to bring him down oh. individually like it's a joke really I, and i'm not not being like this you know pretentious like whatever fan but it's like it's it's a joke they can't i mean it's not even like a an effort tackle it's like yeah. it, it's just bouncing off it's like a pinball machine it's crazy it. he's one it's oh man he's one of those guys that you just it's like he's not crazy explosive I mean, he's a big guy, but he doesn't, mm-hmm. like, just pop out like a DK Metcalf kind of guy. So it doesn't look like he's going to yeah. blow by you, but somehow he always finds a way to either, you know, outwiggle a guy or outsmart a guy or just get around people. Um, it's it's really uncanny, I feel like. I, haven't, I can't recall a guy that's quite got the wiggle and can get around people or get through people like him without looking particularly explosive or looking particularly just crazy yoked as he's doing it, but – Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't remember a guy quite like that. Yeah, and it was good to see Callaway because I know we've always kind of hoped that he'd come along, and then we got that punt return for a touchdown, which was pretty sweet. That was sweet. so these big, these big plays. Like I don't feel like we've had them all year. I mean, yeah. and then all of a sudden, we're just finding those little, little things that work for us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it's funny how we've kind of rolled through different offenses. I mean. In the rotation of running backs, also. I mean, Tim Jordan's been our featured back for the last two weeks, and then all of a sudden, he probably, he probably looked the worse right. out of the three. Or I mean, especially out of the two. I mean, Ty Chandler just kind of kept pounding and kept working and just right. found his little knickknack holes. And so that's kind of a different look. 
Yeah, I was really encouraged. I mean, you touched on this with Mar- Marquez, and I was really encouraged just for the seniors, man. Huge game from Daniel Batuli. Huge game from Juwan Jennings. Huge game from Marquez Callaway. A lot of guys that are winding down a career at UT that has been, I would say, disappointing for them. You know, they came into UT with, I'm sure, high expectations, and um, but to see them have some success in their senior season and to really – make some highlight real type plays and have a really big performance at home. I was really happy for those guys because they've really given their all for Tennessee and they've been true volunteers in VFL. So I was really, really ecstatic mm-hmm. for them. But. Yeah. And I mean, kind of speaking of the offense too, I mean, especially with Jennings, a beautiful touchdown throw. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those like throws that kind of gives you that, oh yeah, JG was – Four star for a reason. He stands in the pocket, takes his yeah. big shot, throws an absolute dime to Jennings. Yeah, and he takes a big shot in the end zone, and then also the cameraman takes a big shot in the end zone <laughs> after catching the touchdown pass. So about three people got whopped during that play, <laughs> and unfortunately, it kind of led to JG get injuring his. Did he break the non throwing hand? Yeah, yeah, he broke his non throwing hand, which that was blatant targeting to me. I don't know how that was missed, but mm-hmm. goodness gracious, I mean blatantly led with the crown of his helmet into his chest and it was after he threw the ball so i don't know i don't know how they missed that you get the darrell taylor calls and then you get the just blatant targeting calls that are missed but yeah like even just like i've got the video on on my my screen here and it's like the ball is already gone and he's already doing like the half watch step you know like the little cocky slide i know i drop i just dropped this watch right and he gets crushed, and it's like, oh my gosh, how how are you not seeing that as an official after all these calls that we've seen go against Tennessee? And then actually, even though it sounds like the week before for South Carolina against Florida, there was a couple missed calls. I didn't watch that game, yeah. So I don't know. I don't really know the context of all of it, but I know that they said they got hosed, which we've all said we have throughout the season as right. well. So right, yeah. So what do you think kind of happens now with? Probably Mauer out and definitely JG. Mm. Well, so I don't know if you saw that clip, but they released a clip from practice. Juwan Jennings taking some reps at quarterback and throwing the ball like 40 yards down the field, which I was a mm-hmm. little surprised that that clip leaked out into the public. I thought that might be one of uh, more of kind of a closed doors thing that they would practice just to not tip their hand about what they might be doing going forward. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think. You know, they'll go with Shrout, I would feel like, almost assuredly. But I do think you'll see Juwan Jennings maybe introduced uh, a little more frequently into the offense and try to do some more Wildcat stuff, some more RPO stuff, um, yeah. which I'm excited to see. And I think – I really think having um, that guy to mix it up takes a lot of the pressure off Shrout, who I liked what I saw from him. Like, he had a really good game, and I was impressed with him. Threw a beautiful deep ball to Marquez, like, you know, 50 yards. Oh, beautiful. Just on the money. Um, so, you know, really liked what I saw from JT Shrout. feel like he's got a really strong arm. Um, but I really would like to see some more packages and more plays that Jennings can be used um, and implemented into because I think it makes us more dangerous offensively and then can also kind of confuse the offense and keep them on their heels. For sure. Uh, and that's one of those that Jennings is a smart enough guy where – on those that wildcat sweep stuff, he'll have options, and you're just gonna have to create motion and just keep them distracted this week. And I know it's kind of nice, I guess, with it being UAB. Uh, we'll segue into next week or this weekend coming uh-huh. up. Um, I know people talk, you know, they're what are they six and one or five and one? 
Um, yeah, six yeah. and one. Um, but they do. They have played a horrendous <laughs> schedule. Like two of the teams are like one and seven. Two of them are zero and eight, and they're only five hundred over five hundred team they lost to. So mm-hmm. it's kind of nice that it's happening this week, I guess. Right. So we'll see how that works out. So do you think that it's kind of the weird good timing? I don't know how to say yeah. that correctly because you don't want the injury either. Right, right, right. But, no, I agree. I think – I mean, I haven't – you would think as a Tennessee fan I would have learned by now not to go ahead and check anything off as a definite win. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I feel like, A, with the momentum that we have, with the way that we've been playing the last few weeks, with it being a night game, with us having lost to Georgia State at the beginning of the season – I mean, to me, I don't, I don't see a way where we don't come out ready to play. And I think as long as we're coming out ready to play, that surely we can overpower this UAB team. I mean, it's, it's a relatively new program. I mean, I know they're old. <laughs> they went away for a couple of years. They've come back. It's just there's no way they should be able to compete with us despite what their record might indicate. Um, so I don't, I don't anticipate it being super close. I do think that it's probably a good game to break Shroud in, to get him some more experience. Um, and I think as long as our defense shows up ready to play, I think we'll be just fine. And, man, like like I said, 7 o'clock game, I think Nealon will be rocking. Um, so I'm really excited to see see what, I don't know, happens. But I, I think you're right. I think it is a bit um, fortunate that the things have fallen the way they did if they had to happen at a certain time to get the win yeah. with the injury and all that and then to have this week of UAB. And then is our bye week following the UAB game, or do we have? Do we have yeah, our, I think so. Yeah, I think it, it's right after that. Yeah, and then that'll wind up being. Yeah, it's the bye week. Right? No, no, we, we're at Kentucky. I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's right. We, we're at Kentucky. Then the bye week. Okay. Okay. We're, then we go to Missouri. Gotcha. Yeah, so, I was thinking I couldn't remember. I'm with you, but yeah, we're at Kentucky the next week. So gotcha. Yeah, we kind of need that momentum to stay rolling. I mean, I know it's Kentucky, and I know they're not wonderful, but they'll want to beat us. They really want to beat us. We're in a down right. year. Right. They they think that they're on equal terms, and maybe they are talent-wise close, whatever, how you want to look at it. But um, we'll see. But I, I really think we need to really have that momentum, keep going, and get Shrout some big confidence in case he needs to keep being the guy going forward for at least the next couple of weeks and going to the bye week. But um, also – Weird thing. Do you think this is like – it sounds like this was going to be like a perfect noon game on SEC or ESPNU, but it winds up being like a night game, yeah. which could be a lot of fun. Right. Like I, I don't, I'm not going to be going myself, but could be a lot of freaking fun. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I think Tennessee fans are going to be hyped coming off the win against South Carolina. I think the fact that it's a night game really helps. You know, I know it's still UAB and it's not like a SEC opponent or a big-time rival, but I, mm-hmm. I think, you know – they're selling alcohol in Nealon. I think it might get a little rowdy yeah. in there Saturday night with the fans ready to kind of return some of the effort and energy they've seen on the playing field the last few weeks and and hopefully create a really fun game day environment. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I'm with you. I think it's one of those, like, this is a game people are going to, like, you know, or a lot of the, the usuals go to the SEC games. But this is a lot of games. This is a game that's kind of cheap to go to. You know, people might venture in for the weekend be like, you know what, actually, I want to go to the game, have a daggum good time for a night game, get a little rowdy. I mean, if you're not an overly educated fan or non, you know, or just a passive fan, um, you know, you just see 6-1 and one UAB, it's like, hey, might actually be a pretty good game. Let's, yeah. have a, let's have a freaking blast. And I think it's going to kind of wind up being that. 
people from UAB will probably journey up. It's not that terrible of a drive. You know, Knoxville's not a terrible yeah. place to go. It's going to be the first, like, real fall game. Right. Um, it's going to be kind of chilly. It's going to be, you know, get some – Get something cold to drink, yeah. you know. The mountains are gonna be blue. Get liquors gonna be flowing, so they'll, they'll have a great time. Yeah, I I agree. I really think I'm expecting a, a pretty good game time environment come kickoff on Saturday night. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what Shroud is able to do and put together um, with the full game. Uh, excited to see how Jim Cheney uses him. I man, it's just it's really been a fun last few weeks, and that's more than I can say for UT football in, in some time. Um, yeah. so I'm really excited for, for this Saturday and I guess expecting of a team to show up and to take care of business and, uh, you know, check off another win and, uh, get on to this Kentucky game next week. Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not seeing what's, uh, will Kentucky also be coming off a of bye before that? Can't remember who do they play? That's a good question. Check their schedule. I hadn't looked at them. I didn't see what they did. Let's see. Yeah. I I yeah, they're coming off of a bye. So, um they had a game against yeah. Missouri last weekend. They won 29 to 7, which man, Kentucky is an enigma. I mean, I know that people might look I know, I know. And say that, but goodness. I mean, they'll go and they barely beat Arkansas. They get, you know, smashed by Mississippi State and then they almost beat Florida and then they go out and they whip Missouri. So it's like you and even the Georgia game. I watched a lot of that Kentucky Georgia game and you really never really know like they they looked pretty close to Georgia, which I know to Georgia. I mean, Georgia yeah. ended up losing to South Carolina, so maybe they just aren't as good as we think they are, maybe prone to inconsistency. But this Kentucky team and, and the things I've seen, there's been times where they've looked really good, and then there's been times where they've just looked really bad. So I don't I'm not, I'm not really yeah. sure what to expect. It's crazy. Like the I like the bottom half, or the, actually probably just. Most of the East outside of Florida and Georgia has looked. I mean, each team's like bipolar. <laughs> I mean, Missouri comes out there and just scoots all over somebody one week, and then just gets trounced by Kentucky. Yeah. And I, I, I think Kelly Bryant's actually going to wind up being out for extended amount of time. And but then they, you know, they lose back to back games with Kelly Bryant at Vandy at yeah. Kentucky, and then but they put you know. 34 on South Carolina, and I don't care who you play, but they put up 50 to nothing on Southeast yeah. Missouri State. So, like, I don't know. It's these these teams are all all over the place. Same with Vandy, right, same with right. Kentucky. Us, right, even a little yeah. bit. I, I just don't know how it's going to wind up. So, what what do you think kind of shakes out, and where do you think we wind up in that little power ranking of the Man. of the East? What do you think is potentially yeah, it's, it's tough because I can see, you know, with how much inconsistency I've seen among those teams that we have left on our schedule, we could very well win out, you know, and we could also – we could lose out. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. But Missouri at times looks really good. Kentucky at times looks really good. Vanderbilt has looked okay at times. So – and we haven't beat them, you know, in the last few years. So, I, I, would, I would anticipate us to – get to six wins. Um, I think we will. I think we might get to seven, um, certainly on the table. But you never really know. I mean, this Tennessee team, I want to believe that we're trending up and that the last few performances have been indicative of who the team actually is and who the team is becoming. But it, we could very well revert back to the Florida game or the Georgia game or, or who we were at the start of the season 
and you might see a Tennessee team that doesn't look as good as we've looked in the last few weeks or a team that drastically is affected by missing out um, on Brian Maurer and missing out on JG and having to rely on JT Shrout. So I don't know. You know, I could I could see it going both directions. If I was to make a bet, I think we go six and six, um, mm-hmm. win all but one game, maybe lose one of the Kentucky or Missouri games. Um, I think we break the Vanderbilt curse this year. Just because right. it's on the road. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see it going a bunch of different ways. But what do you think? Um, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I really – I'm very invested in trying to be realistic and say six and six just seems like the absolute perfect thing. I really just, I don't know. Uh, Kentucky, I don't know who they're going to start at quarterback. Um, I know the, the wide receiver they've been starting look legit gets those. It's not like a breakup of, he has a 10 yard average because he had a 90 yard touchdown run. Like he legit just gets 10 to 11 yards every single play. And it's just crafty shifty stuff that he, falls forward and, you know, gets a little sweep through somebody and then he gets an extra two yards and, or, oh, it's going to be uh oh crap. I forgot that dude's name, but they're, they're white quarterback. <laughs> let's, let's, say, right. let's call it what it is. Uh, he looked really solid against Florida and had times where you're like, okay, this guy can make some good throws and he has some poor, um, you know, so he had some mechanical issues as far as on the run and stuff. And they forced some interceptions from him. And I think they actually had one that was dropped interception. So, it's like, well, you know, he has his times and his susceptibility to turn it over. But uh, for us, I really think we go up and we get we get a Kentucky win. I think it's going to be pro- right. probably pretty sloppy. I don't know. Well, that'll probably be one of those games, and you know we've had them, like where Tennessee um, plays a – will be middle of the road. Right. They'll be middle of the road. And it'll be way too much pressure for a middle mm. of the road game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just kind of how it goes. I don't know if you remember the Flor- – the, I think it was the 10-9 Florida game when game yep. day came. Was that yep. right? Yeah, and then it was like all this pressure on two not yeah. very great teams. <laughs> and it was just like you could tell the nerves were just sucked into that stadium, piled on top mm-hmm. of these kids, and it was just ugly, <laughs> brutal to watch. I remember being there in per- person, and it was just like, this is – what am I doing here? This is awful to watch these kids, like, suffer through just pure <laughs> nervousness. And so I imagine it'll probably be similar. I mean, you'll they'll probably have, like – uh, SEC game day or something up there, and then that's how we'll get all this pressure on. It'll wind up being like a fourteen to ten <laughs> game to to with injured quarterbacks and all that stuff. But uh, I, I I don't know. And then the Missouri game, like you just talked about, I don't know what they are. Uh, sometimes I'm like they're really good, and other times I'm like, oh, they're still Missouri, still Derek Dooley's on those. Yep. Yeah, good luck <laughs> with that. Uh, but. Yeah, then I, I think we'll break the Vandy yeah. curse. Yeah, um, got to man, and, uh, you got to. It's... You have to, right? You surely have I think to break that curse. Oof, it's at that's got to be the most important game on the schedule. I mean, for left, I should say. But like, yeah, you can't yeah. lose to Vandy. Would that be three years in a row or four years in a row? I think. Oh, it's I think four, it might right? be. I mean, goodness, like we've just had the toughest time with Vanderbilt, and it has to be a must win. You have to win in state. I uh-huh. just to lose to Derek Mason three years, four years running, whatever it is, would just be a huge black eye. And I'm tired of just getting in arguments with Vanderbilt fans on Twitter. And then I yeah. mean, ultimately they've got the upper hand on that one. It doesn't matter what you say when they can be like, yeah, I know it sucks. <laughs> Scoreboard dude. doesn't lie. So, um, yeah, I'm, 
I'm with you. I'm really curious to see how everything plays out. I do think that Kentucky game, man, I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on themselves to win that game. And for whatever reason, it seems like we yeah. just always have the upper hand against Kentucky. Um, so I don't know, even on their better years, like last year, they were a great team. We weren't looking that great. And then we stomp them or I don't know. We wasn't quite a stomping, but we played very well against them and beat them um, in a, in a competitive game. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I think six and six is realistic. I think you, you know, you could hope for seven and five things, maybe the wagon wheels yeah. fall off the wagon, you go five and seven, but I think six and six probably the most likely. Yeah. So it kind of, kind of scares me. And I, I saw this question earlier. I can't remember which side that was on. Maybe it was just, uh, it was Knox Knox news and they did, you know, or is Tennessee more likely to finish seven and five mm-hmm. or five and seven? And that's always a really good question. I don't know. It's I, what would you think there? Uh, I think I really think seven and five is more likely than five and seven, but it's close to me. It's super close. Just, I don't, yeah, I don't think we lose both of Kentucky and Missouri. Um, and I'm maybe prematurely kind of counting UAB and, and Vanderbilt as wins. <laughs> and I would say definitely prematurely based on the first game of the season. But, um, but yeah, I think seven and five would be my pick of the two, but it would be close. Like I would, I would be tempted to take five and seven. Yeah. So. I know it's like I guess it'd be like fifty fifty five forty five yeah. however you want to look that that's kind of how I think like if you're gonna put a percentage on it I guess I would pick seven and five I wouldn't put any amount of money on that <laughs> yeah me but either. yeah so me and you I think are both going that middle ground mm-hmm. safe pick of six and six and I, I just it just seems likely and we'll play some crummy bowl and we'll play some other we'll we'll wind up playing because we travel well and they'll want to come to some cool place yep. we'll play some. Seven and five, probably not very good. Either Big Ten, Pac-12, or whatever school, and we'll crush them. And then here comes the yeah. hype. And then here comes all of all fans all off season. And how? And, but, I, and, and it's like, oof, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. But how? No, go. No, I, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> how good does this team look, man? If we just take care of business against Georgia State and BYU, like we are five and three right now looking at a real good shot at going nine and three. Like you could even be, Oh my gosh. I mean, people would be losing their minds right now. If we were potentially looking at a nine and three season, which to be honest, we should be looking at potentially having a nine and three season because we didn't have any business losing to Georgia state. And that BYU, I mean, I felt that BYU team's kind of up and down, but I mean, you had like a 99% chance to win. If you don't give up that huge deep pass over the top where Elante Taylor just bit on the fake for, I mean, who knows why? Yeah. But man, how excited is Knoxville and are we if we're looking at potentially a nine and three season in Jeremy Pruitt's second year? Yeah. I mean, tell me how excited it. How how big is it going to be if we wind up coming out? What if I mean, what if we wind up going seven and five? Let's just let's let's get a little Tennessee ball right, rational right. confidence Love here. It. What if we wind up going seven and five? We play some bowl game against some okay team. I don't know who that okay okay team is. Maybe it's like an eight and four Kansas right. State. You know, they have a big win over right. Oklahoma. We go out there and we stomp them. Let's say we win 35 14. Oh, my gosh. You can't tell me that the, the Vol fans of 2020 going into mm. Norman isn't going to have all sorts <laughs> of cojones think that we're going to win. We're going to go up to Norman. No Jalen Hurts, no Kyler Murray, no Baker Mayfield, just old. Oh gosh, what's that kid's name? Oh, 
Copper, what is he's got Rattler? Rattler. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Rattler. That's that's their dude, man. Oof, you know, so man, you can't tell how much fun would that be? Because I, I will be heading to that game next year because my boys over there at the Revolution Network podcast are humongous Ooh. Oklahoma fans, and that's one of those we have signed up for. See, I might need years. to make that trip. I've We've been Mormons ready. Just absolutely great college game day experience. So. That's one that's definitely yep. on my bucket list, and I don't know when I'll get another chance to go out there and check out a game and watch the balls. Mike Pipe, you could get get your fly. <laughs> or me and, me and you fly out of Chattanooga. Or we go to Knoxville and meet all the rest of the boys. We go to Oklahoma City. We we stay there for a little bit. We drive down to Norman, and we take okay. the store, baby. I'm, I'm already I'm loving in. this. Yeah. All right. I'll meet you in Sweet. Norman. I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if we I don't know if we can get Big Trey Wynn to go with us. You know, he's got like three little obligations that run around his house. It's kind of uh, tough that's to get, hard. To get the that's man hard. away. <laughs> yeah, a whole weekend in Norman. I'm sure we'll that's record live well. from uh, Oklahoma on site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trey's back at his house, but uh, we're here live from Norman. <laughs> we're just we've got we've got the Oklahoma Stadium in the background. We'll do that. We'll we'll get a we'll start on hey, YouTube channel. I'm I'm all for it, man. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, so I mean, I just can't imagine like if we we run this and we're doing this right at six and six, seven and five, it just I don't know with Harrison Bailey coming in, some of these other recruits and how well we've done in recruiting. I don't know. I'm just gonna feel yeah. way too optimistic going no, into 2020. And you know, not to look too far ahead, but I really do like the the pieces that we'll have coming in the next year. I mean. Because for mm-hmm. a lot of us, we were thinking, okay, this is might be JG's last year. That's you know that's become almost an irrelevant point. But you've got a, a Brian yeah. Maurer who's probably going to be starting quarterback. If it's not, it'll be Kasim Hill, the transfer from Maryland, or Harrison Bailey, the promising freshman that'll be coming in in December. So you'll have some options at quarterback. You'll have Ty Chandler. You'll have Eric Gray. Uh, Tim Jordan's not a senior, is he? He's a junior, right? Or is he? A, is he just a? I'm not sure. I feel I don't. I don't remember when he came. What what year he was yeah. when he came. I in. don't think he's a senior, but I could be wrong about that. But either way, you've still got some yeah. quality experience in the backfield. Um, your offensive line, you returned a lot of the starters. Um, I mean, you might you yeah. probably lose Trey, but they're still talking about um, having you know Darnell Wright, Juan A. Morris, guys that'll have a year of you know, play under their belt, um, and. Yeah. I mean, really, the offensive line has looked like a, a major strength, and maybe that changes when you lose Trey Smith. But I would still feel optimistic about our O-line. Um, Same here. And then at wide receiver, you know, you lose a lot. But, I, he, yep. yeah, Palmer. Josh Palmer's looked great. Um, and then uh, Keaton's looked good at times. Uh, I think Brandon Johnson's going to be back. So, you, you've got some good pieces. Yep. I, I think you, you should feel optimistic going into next season offensively and then defensively it's kind of the same boat i don't you're not losing anybody that's like a i mean darrell taylor's really good but i i think that you can probably get some similar production off the edge from some of these freshmen that'll have some extended time in the system um same here it's it's not like gonna be this i mean doing me wrong i i do think taylor is gonna find some small home right in the nfl I, i mean hopefully hopefully i'm wrong and the fact that I, I mean, I think he's just going to be a guy that he'll he'll probably play for three to five right. years, you know, probably do pretty well. Um, but and maybe hopefully I'm wrong, and he's just way better than that, and just you know finds a home like every other Tennessee player. I feel like I'm like <laughs> watching Sunday night or Monday night football, and there's some vol that's starting for their team. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, I like this. This is awesome to see. This is good marketing right. for us. But um, 
Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think I'm with you. I think we can fill that role yeah. some, even if it's a rotation yeah. of guys. I'm excited. So yeah. anyway, not to get us too far off topic, but okay, UAB game. If you're picking the score, who you? I mean, I guess who you got, and then what's the what's the score line? Mm, I'm gonna say Tennessee 42, UAB uh, 17. That's, that's, I'm gonna you, say. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring. Just I'm I'm a little worried about JT Stroud, but I I do think the Vols will win handily. I think I'm going to say 35-17. So I'm going to give us one less touchdown. But I think you know we're we're along the same yeah. mindset where Tennessee should win this game pretty pretty handily. Um, hopefully, it won't really be in question throughout the game, and I think we can get ready for for Kentucky and and hopefully get JT Stroud some experience, but. Yeah, I hope I hope that confidence isn't there, and I know it happens to everybody, especially college football players, being kids and whatnot. And I hope we don't have a looking look ahead game to Kentucky and pass up UAB for some odd reason because we're not good enough right. to have look ahead games. Absolutely you not. Know? <laughs> so I'm just like I, I'm a little nervous that that could happen, but I, I don't think so. I think these guys have just looked like they're ready to play. Yeah. Every yeah. single week, the last four no, or five weeks, I agree wholeheartedly. So, so yeah. But uh, speaking, ready to play, Tennessee Vols mm. basketball is right around the corner, <laughs> Mister Bike Pipe. <laughs> and I'm stoked. Did you get to watch any of the? I didn't get to watch any of the preseason game last night, but I got a nice little breakdown from yeah. all the peeps. So today. I didn't get to watch it either. I was in the car, but I was listening to it on the radio. Listened to Bobcat mm-hmm. playing Bert Bertelkamp. It was a it was a good time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't really get to see it, obviously, but it sounded like they came in pretty hot, but we were able to kind of cool them down later as the game went on and ended up winning by 50. And so I think it was kind of what you expect from an exhibition game. Um, was excited to see you guys playing well, shooting well, putting up some points. Uh, I don't know really how much stock you can put in these games, but it was good to – I don't know, hear a lot of these new guys get out there and get some playing time, focusing with the double double. Um, so yeah, yep. I, was, I was I was pleased with what I what I heard and what I've read and and kind of gathered from the game. Yeah, I don't think you can take a whole lot into into account as far as like what guys' real production is going to look like. I, I just think that you're going to get an idea what it's going what the the structure is going to look like. Lamonte, Jordan Bowden, twenty three and twenty two. Combined for forty-five points, right. assists. They turned it over. They turned it over, and that's the two thing about that's the thing about these two guards is they've never had to be uh, true point guards on teams. Like Levante's always had the option to just be a scoring guard and run an offense, you know, just enough. But now I think they're going to have to figure out a way to cut down on turnovers and not not be pure ball dominant scoring right. guards anymore because these guys are going to have to really run the show or even Grant Williams and Admiral took over that role yeah. a lot last year. It, it's just got, it's a big shift in the Monte and Jordan, what they're going to have to do. So um, yeah, like you said, with Fulky with double, double, you think that guy's going to be able, I mean, I, I yeah. love Fulkerson. Like, I mean, I think he's like a nice little fit for any team. Every team wants right. a guy like Fulky. He can score. He's got some good bounce, but, over 35-plus <laughs> games, do you think John Fulkerson's going to be able, hand, able to handle oh, the beat down man. in the paint? That's going to be a I lot. Just, I have as much as I want it to happen for him because he's another guy. You just you love seeing him out there on the floor. He gives it all he's got. 
but he to me has always just looked like a baby deer just like so awkward (laughs) and like he's not sure like it just looks like he's bound to fall over or make some terrible thing happen so I hope that he does I hope he has a great season um but to me it just always looks like he's he's accident prone so I feel like he's gonna get hurt or hurt somebody else I don't know but um yeah I I really love the guy um and I was encouraged with the double double and you know only played like 20 minutes and snagged I think five offensive rebounds so um you know good performance in the exhibition game hopefully I'm I'm just way off base there um and and Fulkerson I would love nothing more for him to have a great season and for for pals to inspire him to new heights that his career is yet to see um but I think yeah I think it's gonna be tough to rely on him for the for the rest of the season I think we're gonna have to play some small ball probably yeah I I really worry like uh, and that's nothing against Fulkerson Uh, like I said we every team wants a guy like that and he is the number one most hated <laughs> character type yep. in pickup basketball because you know if you if you see that dude like John Fulkerson he's athletic he's got some bounce he's a little like kind of reckless yep, with his yep. own body <laughs> so he's gonna run around fly around he's gonna try, crash every offensive board you have to box out and pick up or otherwise everybody's yelling at you and you're like Jesus does this <laughs> guy's motor not stop. Like, dude, it's yeah. wreck ball. He's the Calm dude. He's down. boxing out but hard every play. Every play. <laughs> every single play. You're not even going for it, and he comes and boxes you out like, right. at half right. court. <laughs> Always that guy. I'm like, jeez, man, just get out of my way. I'm backing up. You, I'm literally not going for the ball. <laughs> but there's always that guy, but you love yeah. to have him on your team because you know you don't have to do a whole lot of extra right. work. He'll do it right. every time. Um, and, and all I got last night also to, to let Folky have his shine um, – I heard a lot about Josiah James is just, and that's what you watch like in his highlights. He is not Russell Westbrook, like top explosiveness, fast right. twitch. He's just cool, smooth operator. He had seven assists last night in his yeah. first college game. Actually, they said his first real time spent with Lamonte and Jordan on the court with him. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah. Cause he's not got to yeah, practice a lot. Right. about that. But, yeah, so th- they talk about how this guy is just smooth operator, and I love those type of guys. He might actually wind up being, once they get some time, might actually be in our yeah. true point guard. That would be, be really nice because that would take the pressure off Lamonte, who I like better as a two than a one. Um, mm. And then, I mean, really same uh, for Bowden. I, you know, he's a guy that I like better off the ball than on the ball. So if he, if he can step yeah. in, that would be huge to have a guy that's really solid on the ball, can – kind of pick up where bone left off obviously i don't expect him to have the success as a freshman that bone had last year but if he can be that guy that's a high assist low turnover guy controls the pace of the game yeah. I, I, that could be huge for this team and if he can get lamonte and bowden in the right places to make big shots i think man we could be pretty dangerous on the perimeter same here and it, then for folks out there that haven't really looked at this is going to be a weird yep. looking lineup like Josiah James is actually like a true two, like a yeah combo, combo like one but, through three. I don't even yeah, know how to because he's got it. the size really to play one through three. But he was a yeah. uh, point guard coming out of high school, so I think I mean with the understanding that he can shoot, he can really do everything. So it'll be interesting to see how he yeah. develops and how Barnes uses him going forward. 
Yeah, I, I see why Rick really liked him. I'm like, and stay on top yeah. of him. Because Lamonte and Jordan are – like, Lamonte actually is probably like you, like you just talked about. He's probably a better mm-hmm. two-off-ball guy. Uh, he likes the ball in his hands, but more like he comes off the screen and then he kind of has like an ISO right. situation or he can step into a shot. But um, – and Jordan's kind of the same mm-hmm. way. So, I mean, those are your – but Lamonte is actually – I guess you would – if he was going to play a position, his ideal position is a two-guard, but he's only right. six foot. Six foot right. one, maybe. I know. I think they list him as six one, but it's like they list Drew Brees as six one too. Right. So you know, like <laughs> we, we, all know. we, we uh, yeah. we all know, we all know. Lamont. I've seen that guy walking down the strip, and I'm like, okay, that dude's five. Listen, man. Like, I, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can dunk, and I can't anymore. <laughs> I get it. But Bowden, you know, he's like a legit, legit six six four. Josiah is actually legit six right. six from what I hear. So. We're gonna have, and then Fulkerson's probably six 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 seven right, maybe too. Right. So it's gonna be a weird looking lineup. Pons is gonna be six seven, but he looks like the Statue <laughs> of David. So it all works yeah. out. Yeah, I mean that's it's really you'll have a small team, small lineup. Pons playing four. I mean, really, Pons is a a two to a three, I think, in in the league. So yeah, it'll be a small lineup. Hopefully, we'll get up and down the court in a hurry, and it'll be like an exciting fast pace, up-tempo ball, because um, I think that's what the kind of basketball you're going to have to play. Because if they, if teams slow you down, I mean, I feel like you're going to get probably worked in the post and down low with the smaller lineup that we're going to be forced to play just due to experience and the, um, just the players that we have and the positions that we have them in. So, yeah. Yeah. What 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 else are we hearing on Euros Plavich? Why is he not getting included yet? Why, is this, Dude, why, is they, why are they doing this with Aubrey Solomon's yeah, that's, situation? Again? That's a nightmare. I don't know. I I mean, who? I don't even understand why Aubrey Solomon didn't get cleared months before the season. Um, I mean, it mm-hmm. seems to make even less sense to me with basketball, where the season doesn't even start until you know mid October, end of October, beginning of November. So I don't know. I, I think he, like the feeling and the sentiment and around the program is that he will get cleared, um, but until the NCAA says something or does something, then we're all just kind of waiting to hear one way or the other, you know. So. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you one last question here, basketballs-wise. Season kicks off next Mm -hmm. Tuesday. If you were going to put us as a realistic yet optimistic seed, what what are your hopes and expectations? You know, I think – I really think right where we're ranked right now is is probably about where we'll end up. I think probably seven seed, six seed, um, to where we're right around the twenty-five. But Barnes has a, you know, he has a reputation of overachieving here at UT, and he's he's gotten a lot out of the talent that he's had. I wouldn't be shocked to see us push up to a five or even a four seed. I just don't think that we have the pieces that we need to be a, a top top fifteen team uh, or higher just to to be able to compete. I mean, maybe maybe or maybe these guys can come in and offer big minutes down low, and we can compete with the slower playing teams. Um, I would. I would be surprised, yeah. honestly, but um, yeah, I, I think if I'm if I'm feeling good about the season, I am, and I'm feeling good about uh, what Rick Barnes is able to accomplish with the talent that he's had, which I do. I think you know five seeds, six seeds, probably more on the optimistic side, with the seven seed, probably more in the realistic yeah. territory for me. What do you think? Yeah, um, for me, I think you know it's it's funny, like because it's it's all about the system of and gaming the rankings mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I mean, we, we have so many chances to win solid games. 
Like, and they love that non-conference. Right. And, uh, you know, anything away from home, I think we're playing Washington in Toronto. So you're talking about we win, we beat a – let's say we beat a Washington and a Florida mm-hmm. State, both neutral side right. games, get the, get those two early. Both those teams will wind up inside the, the top right. 35. I, I kind of think Washington's going to be one of those teams that they'll beat a couple of Pac-12 teams that, and they'll get in that fluctuation. I think Florida State's too good. They'll wind up being in that top 17 to right. 18 range, so that's going to look right. like a good win. And, you know, and if we beat one, uh, like we beat three of these, Memphis, Wisconsin at home, uh, one of the Auburn games, Mm. beating Kansas, Kentucky would be really tough this year. And then you're playing at Auburn, at Alabama. I mean, you you got a chance to really beat some solid teams. And if you win three or four of those, then just kind of, you know, go a four out of five against teams you're supposed to beat. That's a, that's a five seed, yeah. you know, that's a four or five seed. And that's one of those that, as you just talked about, I think if, if these players develop like they have under Barnes, and I know we've lost a lot of great assistance to other teams because deservedly so they've got jobs as right. head coaches. So, you know, they're down in Georgia state and all that fun stuff, but you know, it's just game of the system. If we wind up winning half of these big, non-conference games or in-conference ranked teams, then we'll wind up having that resume that they love to talk about right. come March. They love to talk about this big team on the road or in a neutral site right. game, and we wind up beating Washington, who got hot at the end of the year, and it kind of soaks it in. And I really, I could legit see in this be see this team being a five seed, maybe the last five seed or last, right. you know, the yeah. third five seed. But yeah, I, I legit see that happening because I think we have a chance to beat some really good teams and we have a lot of really good teams at home or at a yeah. neutral site. So, and I guess Florida state actually might be a more of a home game. Cause I know that's like in Destin or yeah. something. So we're in that weird tournament down there. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah. You know, I think you make a good point, particularly with the strength of schedule with the, they lo- love looking at the top 50 wins. You know, this team's got six wins against top 50 teams in the RPI or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think with the strength of yeah. schedule that it seems like Rick Barnes and the basketball program is really big on, on scheduling and emphasizing, you have put yourself in a good position where if you can get some good wins, then you'll have a good resume come tournament time. It'll just be – it'll be interesting yeah. to see what the team's able to put together and what it's going to look like because it'll be so different from what we're accustomed to seeing. But, Yeah. yeah. Man, I'm pumped, dude. A lot of it's it's a, oddly as if you would have talked to us four weeks ago, the optimism come November would not have been the same. But November looks like it's gonna be a really fun month for some Tennessee sports yeah. in general. So I'm excited It'll to see man some good yeah good football games, good basketball games. I'm pumped. I'm really curious to see what we got. Yeah, man. But well, that's it, dude. Another episode <sighs> of Valhalla in the books. Just the dynamic duo Love of it. us. Missed you, Trey Wynn. Deeply, we'll, uh, deeply missed. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and your beautiful um, kids. Uh, check out Trey Wynn's Instagram to see his three beautiful little kiddos dressed up in Halloween tonight. They're out sporting. They live in that that typical neighborhood. So kids are going to be hopped up on some sugar. We've already had a ton here tonight in my place. So we're going to mm. be doing it, man. But uh, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, fight. man. Well, keep a classy ball fan. Peace out. Peace out. My feet forever